I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Murphy, and joining me, as always, is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? It's going. Are you excited, Ryan? Excited. Walking Dead is over. There's going to be no more Walking Dead. Oh, wait, no, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Just Fear the Walking Dead is over. Uh, we still got, like, three more shows. I thought you were making a New Year's joke. Like... <sighs> I was gonna. Yeah. There's no more Walking Dead. It's over for 2023 and look forward to not one, not two, but three seasons of new content in 2024, uh, which we will cover. But they're all short seasons. Like if they continue the six episode arc, uh, which we did have throughout 2023. And I think that was a really good fit. I loved it. Uh, I think that's going to be an issue with the writer strike stuff. Because that was one of the things that the Actors Guild and the writer Strike was complaining about was they wanted more episodes in a season because the they wanted more uh, royalties and residuals. Yeah, yeah, I see that side of it. I can see that side of it. I can understand wanting more than six episodes, but I think 24 is becoming too much. Yeah. Which is what the standard used to be. I think I think if you can squeak out 12 episodes, you're good. I think going more than that and trying to do the network TV thing of 24 or or more episodes in a season, I don't think that works anymore. No, it doesn't. And I mean, you know, if I look at the one network television show that I watch, which is The Rookie, which did not return this fall due to the writers and actors strike. But it is coming. Yeah, it was renewed as far as I know. But uh, as you say, um. And, but, you know, Fear was technically a 12-episode season with, you know, both seasons split in two. And I think that yep. we'll see if AMC returns to that. But so far, they are keen on the six-episode arcs for their spinoffs, uh, which I get is, like, it's a bit of a whirlwind production. You know, six episodes, it's probably like... that. And I'm getting the distinct impression that this show is costing more, more to make. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, these effects don't come cheap. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the Daryl Dixon show was cheap. No, they shot that in Paris. Like, Yeah, that's not cheap. They flew all those folks. I mean, except for the except for the, the bits. I'm assuming the bits in the States, they probably did it in uh, Atlanta, I'm assuming. Probably in Atlanta or a sound studio. Yeah, yeah. Um. And, you know, we're going to talk about Fear the Walking Dead. That's our main topic. We have a uh, bit of a surprise uh, segment before we hit the news. But before we get to that surprise, uh, we are in December. Uh, Extra Life is still going on. And I thought I'd sweeten uh, the pot a little bit based on our discussions last episode. Uh, I've decided to uh, take a look at another look at our donation sort of structure. And if... You want to donate twenty five dollars? I'll, uh, you know, suggest a a zombie film for us to discuss. And uh, I I brought back I brought back the fifty dollars for three zombie films, um, uh, suggestions. So 
if folks want to donate, now's a great time to do so. Get more zombie films in and support a great cause. And remember, donations close December 31st. Bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan. Each year, we really appreciate all the support that Zamp listeners uh, contribute by sharing the links, donating, you know, suggesting films and all that. So we really appreciate it. And uh, since we, you know, full disclosure, we haven't had a donation yet. I figured we'd make it, uh, we'd make it win, win, win. You know, we get more zombie movies to discuss. Extra Life gets more donations and our Zamp fans get to suggest uh, more movies. So um, with that being said, Lou, I'd love to know if you have a suggestion uh, and feel free to steal uh, or scoop our news section if you want. Uh, damn it. <laughs> I, I, I forgot when we do this segment. And so you, when you threw it to me, I was like, oh, no, you got me. I, I got you. Uh, but no, uh, I was thinking. Have we ever covered 28 days later or 28 weeks later on this show? Um, I don't know. That's a great question. Have we? I know we've talked about it for sure. So when so let's look at uh 28 weeks later. Like when did that come out? I mean, I'm imagining that it came out before we started the show. Yeah, 2007. Yeah. Um, now did we cover it? I don't think so. That's my guess, but as I continue to vamp here, on Zamp, uh, let's take a look. So, what, what would be more? It'd be more likely that we watch Twenty Eight Days Later because that's the classic, right? That's the first yeah. entry. Zero yeah. hits on the website. Yeah, no, I, that that's a possibility. We could cover Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Jeremy Renner as a military guy sniping people. Gee, who'd have thought he'd play Hawkeye? Yeah, d- isn't there a movie where he literally plays a sniper, or is that? Am I thinking of somebody else? You're thinking of the Hurt Locker, where he's a bomb disposal expert, right? Okay, so the only hit I get is a show from last summer where I think we were talking about, you know, the on again, off again. Maybe we'll do another 28, uh, 28 something laters. So I don't yeah. know why. I don't even know why it's popping up, but we must have talked about it. Uh, but no, we have not done 28 days later or 28 weeks later. So those are two great films, classics that we have not discussed. I'm sure it's come up on the show, but we have not discussed them as a full topic. Um, those would be a lot of fun. I haven't watched, I haven't seen them in a long time. You've got, uh, you know, you got Killian Murphy in there from the first film. Um, yeah, I just watched, uh, I just watched Oppenheimer last week, three hours, three, was it three hours, three and a half hours? Amazing. Great, great film. I mean, how could it not be? It's Christopher Nolan, but, uh, yeah, we're not watching that one. I don't think I could watch that one again. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's no. too long. Uh, but 28 days later, 28 weeks later, great suggestions. And, uh, as I alluded to, we'll have another one, uh, in the news section that people might want to take a look at. But before we get to that, Lou, uh, I've got a bit of a, uh, a bit of a surprise for the listeners at home. Cause we're going to talk about, uh, we're, uh, we're going to talk about a video game here. You know, it's wild, buddy. Every person I meet wants to rip my head off and eat my brains. Every single person, hundreds of them. That's right. Arizona Sunshine 2 came out today, and I had a chance to uh, check it out. Just This will just be first impressions uh, for a couple of reasons. I just got a chance to uh, set it up and play it. 
Um, I did receive sort of press access for the game, so um, but I did receive it like right at launch. So this the earliest I could play it was today. And uh, Lou doesn't play VR games, one, because he doesn't have a headset, and two, because I think we've talked about this before. VR doesn't work for you, right? It just does not compute. It it might it does not I get sick or I get headaches or all kinds of weird stuff happens. Yeah, and I I have a MetaQuest too, and VR is kind of like a ritual. It's got to be like a ceremony for me. Like I have to clear the play space. You know, usually it's the upstairs living room, and there's like I think the lately the kids have been playing with Lego, so of course I have to clear all the Lego out of the way so I don't step on it while I'm trying to kill zombies. And, um, and then I have to make sure like I have like a chunk of time to play. And usually I haven't booted the headset up in a while because there are limited games. Um, so I have to make sure it's all up to date. So once I got all that done and installed the game and got that all sorted and jumped in, uh, gotta say I was pretty impressed with this one. Just first impressions. I mean, I've played a couple of zombie games on the headset and this is by no means the MetaQuest 3. And when you see trailers for the game, I don't know for certain, but I would imagine they are not showing MetaQuest 2 gameplay. Um, it runs super smooth. It runs great. But you can definitely tell there's like that fidelity lost because it is like an older platform. The 3 just came out this year. Um, and the the 2 is, while still good, it, it's not it's not nearly as close to the 3. So... The gameplay you're seeing in trailers is likely from the higher end headset or the desktop version, because this is also available on um, Oculus and Steam VR. So and I've never played the first one. I never never played Arizona Sunshine, even though and there are a lot of zombie games. I know it's on sale all the time on Steam. It's always being uh, offered to me on Steam and like I don't play VR. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think you can tell Steam like don't recommend VR games. I think that's what I ended up doing eventually. But for a while, it was like always popping up. This is on sale. You should buy it. No, no. Yeah. This is a VR game. It's not going to change anyone's tune on VR games. You know, like I think that, of course, you have to enjoy the platform. Like I would say it's the equivalent to like, um, oh, you got to play this game. Uh, it, it's a Nintendo game. It's like, well, I don't really like Nintendo hardware or I'm not a PC gamer, so I'm not going to play, you know, World of Warcraft. It's like, I don't think World of Warcraft or, you know, um, a Mario game is suddenly going to make you want to pick up the platforms that you maybe weren't interested in. It's probably not a one-to-one comparison because, of course, VR is different and you have to be able to, like, handle VR, like your brain has to handle it. And I know folks who you know, can't even watch off-screen gameplay. It just makes them queasy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I played about an hour of the campaign. There are There is a co-op campaign. I did not test that out yet. But there is a... I played an hour of the campaign. There's a horde mode, so more of like a challenge mode focused on, on the gameplay and the combat. But um, f- right off the bat, I really appreciated, like, all the options right up front. Like, they present you with the screen to basically say, hey... How do you want to control the game, whether you're you're moving with direct control or you're teleporting around, um, whether you're sitting or standing, it allows you to change where the utility belt is, like where your ammo and your guns are. So, for example, if you're playing in a in a chair with armrests, you're probably going to want to like move 
your ammo and your weapons up so that you're not hitting your yeah. armrests. You know, I've done that before. Like some games don't let you change it or they don't even present the option to you right off the bat. So like, I really appreciated that. I thought that was a nice touch. And for those folks who like always want to play the same way each time they boot the game up, uh, there is an option in the option. There's a setting in the options to allow you to skip that. And, 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 and then you can always go into the options and change it later. So they, they do some VRs come pretty far in terms of like, how do we present the options to our users? What, what are people expecting when they boot this thing up? And I think that's like a clear sign that, you know, the developers behind this one have, have latched onto that and present that option screen. But uh, it's very narrative based. Like, you know, there's a lot of VO. It's as you heard from that little snippet from the launch trailer, it's pretty funny. You know, it likes it doesn't take itself seriously. It's it's the right kind of tone for the game they're making here. So I really liked what I heard of the writing. When you played the clip and I I could tell that it was kind of trying to be funny. I was like, oh, I oh, yeah, VR. Never mind. Yeah, it it is a VR game. And honestly, like, I think that, you know, this this is a game that will likely stay in VR. I don't think Arizona Sunshine saw like a sort of first person shooter release. Um, But, you know, where this game shines is its VR gameplay. Like I I played, like I said, I played the first hour. You know, I experienced the dual pistol system, uh, the automatic rifle. Uh, there's a dog you find pretty early on and it's in the trailers and this dog sort of operates as like your companion uh, in combat. So you can ask the dog to take on zombies one-on-one and sort of he'll bring them down to the ground and you, and you can kind of like, you can let the dog, you know, kill the zombie or you can walk up to the zombie and and take them out with your gun or, or weapon. It's really up to you on how you want to sort of crowd control and stuff so it, the dog gameplay is really cool because you can actually find like I found like a like a hockey helmet or something. And mm-hmm. I mean, this is completely unrealistic, but you take the hockey helmet and you can pass it along to the dog and then the dog will be running around with like a dog shaped hockey helmet <laughs> as armor, <laughs> which I thought was a really cool touch. I I don't know if the dog can get incapacitated. Uh, that hadn't happened to me. But I mean, if the armor is completely cosmetic, that's still cool. Like I thought it looked great. Um, and it was a nice touch, but, uh, the story is very simple. I mean, it's there to service the gameplay. The story is basically a helicopter crashes. It's the army. Um, you hear, you overhear a radio blip talking about, we need to find patient zero to make a vaccine. And the idea is our main character hasn't seen people in a long time. So he basically says like, okay, if I go to this gas station, find patient zero, then the army will come rescue me. And that's kicks off the adventure and you're off you're off on your way to the gas station uh and you know that's fine like that's this you're not expecting like this deep story um but early on it's kind of (laughs) speaking of the humor like early on like he calls all the zombies fred like he doesn't call them zombies he calls them they're all fred um Mm -hmm. which i thought was was pretty funny uh, and makes for some funny dialogue uh, between him as he's talking to these zombies. Uh, but the other thing I experienced was the um, the melee system, which again is like one of those crucial things in first person combat with VR. Is like how does it feel to sort of do the first person melee and first person uh, uh, combat? 
And uh, I think it. I think VR is well suited to zombies because if they're slow moving, like no, by no means are they moving at a snail's pace, but they're moving slow, which allows you to have more fun with the you know the melee combat and the gun combat too. It allows it gives you more time to line up shots and stuff, uh, which just makes the combat way more approachable, right? Uh, so, but the the melee stuff works quite well. Uh, I wish the I, I'm hoping the weapons down the road are a little more durable. You get maybe like four or five kills with the with the melee weapons, and then they break. But I found lots of ammo, and the shooting really works. That's one of the, the the melee thing is one of the things that it kills me in all first person shooters. I understand you want the melee weapons to break, but when they have like a four swing and then they're toast, I'm always like, really? Let me use it for like twenty minutes. I hate the mechanic of like, oh, it's broken. Now go find something else. At least give me some time with a weapon before I have to go find another one. Yeah. It was weird. Like I felt early on, it kind of seemed like it was like, it was a treat to find the melee weapons. It wasn't necessarily like a, we're dropping this melee weapon for, for gameplay reasons. It's just like, Hey, now you get to use a melee weapon for a little bit and you can store them. So like it uses the, the Half-Life Alex storage system where yep. um, you can kind of take a weapon and sort of slot it into your wrist and then it like goes into this miniature thing and like all of your UI is like by you looking down at your body and, and your arms and stuff. And <laughs> a really nice touch early, like as the tutorial they're doing, the early level, they're teaching you how to like open doors and unlock doors. And um, one of the key ones was like eating to replenish your health. So you go up to this barbecue and it was a really nice touch in VR because they have the barbecue. They have a sausage on the barbecue and a hamburger. And then next to the barbecue is like a spatula. And of course you can pick up the spatula and try to flip the burger. Yeah. Uh, I didn't do too I was gonna, well. When you, when, as soon as you said that, that you can go up to the barbecue, it's like, oh, they're going to have you do kind of like a flip mechanic or something, or you're yeah. going to carve the meat off the barbecue pit or something. Yeah. My, I, 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 I don't like the fidelity of interactions here is not as great as like Half-Life Alex or something where like interacting with every little thing feels like it would in real life. But that's Valve. You're right. It's Valve. It, I think it's like a kind of a different sort of approach to the mechanics. Like with Arizona Sunshine 2, it feels very close to like a lot of other VR experiences I've had. So like it's it doesn't quite approach Half-Life Alex, but it's definitely like there in terms of like what it's having you do there in the game. But like I really, I really appreciated like the mechanic of replenishing your health is eating. So you pick up this sausage and you put it up to your face, and then like you pull it back and it's got the, you comes back and it's got a bite out of it, and it just it feels like it it works. It like it feels so so good the way that they put that together. It felt like um, it just felt like they they put a lot of effort into like okay, we're gonna make this. We're going to make this uh, fun to replenish your health. Like finding food is going to be fun. It's not necessarily like if there's one thing like Half-Life Alex did this too, where they had like an injector for health and you had to like inject yourself. So in this, you're just picking up food. It's kind of gross when you think about it. So I was in like an office environment and there was like a half eaten slice of pizza. So I pick it up, I pick it up and I put it, I put it to my mouth and he starts to eat it and He's always got like a one liner. So like, I think they've done a really great job there of like designing 
around the environment and just the user interacting with everything, especially the food. Because again, all the food you're finding is just you're scavenging, right? It's the apocalypse. Uh, so yes, Lou, I did eat someone else's pizza. Who knows how long it's been there? Because of course it was like that pizza you find. Moldy pizza. Mm. There might have been mold on it. I don't know. I didn't eat the mold. I ate around it, so it's fine. Uh, I hope my character survives, but uh, we'll see. Uh, the other thing I, I do want to talk about before we move on, though, is the, the the climbing and traversal mechanics. Again, it works really well, but I think that's where my stomach kind of started to like go. Nope. Because and you can and there's a setting in the settings to turn off climbing like you can skip it completely because it is like it's just the it's the VR gimmick, right? OK, you're going to climb and and it works like you're so there's a moment where you have to climb hand over hand across a pipe across like a chasm uh, and or not a chasm, but like a, across an area where there's zombies below you and like you're you're climbing and you're holding on and there's no like stamina meter or anything but you can look down you see there's like zombies down there and it's like you don't want to fall because it'll kill you but i felt that's where my stomach started to be like what are we doing here you know Mm -hmm. um so i did appreciate that you could there was a toggle in there to skip it because i feel like if you do not have your vr legs that's the one that's probably going to get you because it is presenting sort of that a vertigo inducing moment of like hand over hand climbing across a chasm or climbing, even climbing a ladder. There was a moment where I was climbing the ladder and I'm kind of looking down. I'm like, Oh, should not have looked down. So I, I paid the price there, but uh, yeah, I want to um, like for the next time we talk about it, I want to try, uh, you know, playing it sitting down. Cause I did play it standing up for about an hour and I, and I did have that like weird pit of my stomach, Mm-hmm. sickness feeling not the game's fault it's just vr uh, i usually have to play like an hour and then take a break but uh i could usually last longer if i'm sitting while playing this way my stomach isn't as isn't as upset with what i'm doing uh, but i also want to try uh i guess you can you can download it as an oculus game and do a do a link play so i want to try it on the pc as well and see what the difference in quality there is because uh, the wireless uh, link has come a long way between uh, your PC and your headset. So um, all in all, I'm I'm enjoying it. It's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's been a while since I played a VR a zombie game, so it's it's nice to get back in. And I want to try the horde mode as well um, to talk about that. So it seems like there's a lot here and, you know, put a dog in the game and it's like you got a good game, you know, so. Mm hmm. Fable 2, was it Fable 2 or was it Fable 3? What's the one with uh, the dog? Uh, I think it was Fable 2. Yeah. And isn't that Fable 2 the one where you had to decide if you wanted to kill it at the end of the game to become stronger? Uh, yeah, that sounds like Fable 2. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Fable. So, like, Fable 2 is one of those games is like, yes, dog companion, game of the year, let's do this. So the fact that you get a dog in this one and he is part of... Like literally the first thing you do with the dog to to get it to come out of its uh its traveling cage is to is to pick up a tennis ball and throw it and then you play fetch for a little bit. Like again, just great stuff. So uh Arizona Sunshine 2 is out today and available on Meta Quest uh uh headsets as well as Steam VR. So check that out. 
Lou, let's get to the news here, shall we? has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. Well, speaking of VR, uh, Resident Evil 4 VR mode is out December 8th. So by the time you listen to this, it will be available. However, it is only available on PlayStation VR 2. Uh, there is a gameplay demo available uh, that's going to be starting the same day. So you'll be able to jump in and check that out. But only if you have a PSVR 2. Um, it's it's likely, like like the Village and uh, Biohazard uh, before it, it's, it's um, what's the word? It's, uh, it's paid for by, <laughs> by uh, Sony or at least heavily. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. No, no, no. So it's, it's, you know Sony paid a paid a lot of money for the exclusivity yeah so if you bought uh, resident evil 4 on steam like we did uh there is likely not uh, going to be a vr mode available but if you bought it on ps5 it, it will be available but you're not going to get it for like six more months i did did the other ones ever come to i know uh, village hasn't bu- come yet uh village uh i thought eight vr mode or something came I thought something came and it was a VR mode. Uh, and there was a mod. I'm not seeing. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, you know, it's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So it looks like it. Yeah. I don't, I'm pretty sure now I'm pretty sure, uh, biohazard VR mode came to steam. I'm pretty sure. No, that's also a mod. I think we've, I feel like we've had this conversation before and we realized like, no, Sony's got the, all three of those games on lock. Yeah. I, I, and I bet they paid a lot of money for that. My guess is that they paid so much money that Capcom doesn't actually care about how many they sell because they made enough money on Sony that they just went, yeah, we made bank. Doesn't matter. I would imagine that they don't, they wouldn't have made these VR, VR modes if it weren't for Sony. Like, yeah, it's not something that sells games. The fact that they are sort of free updates to the game, uh, they're not paid. So, you know, it kind of feels like a sort of a marketing for the headset. Like this is Sony offsetting costs of the not offsetting costs, but like paying for games for their headset to have exclusives. Uh, that's what it very much feels like. So if you do have it on Steam, I wouldn't hold your breath because uh, it doesn't look like history is on <laughs> the PC, uh, the PC side here. It's just the PS uh, PS5. Um, but what is good news is that Capcom confirmed that more Resident Evil remakes are coming, um, which shouldn't surprise anyone. But really, what always ends up being the conversation is like, what what are they going to remake next? Which was not talked about in this in these clips. Uh, Lou, I know you and I both have our preferences in terms of what gets remade, but I mean, honestly, I feel like the way they've approached this, anything can get remade. Yeah. That hasn't been already like, you know, I wouldn't even be surprised if one gets a remake. Yeah, I think one is the is I think if you look at a list and you just order them. I think one would be further down just because they they seem to consider the HD version. But then again, Resident Evil 4 got an HD version. They remade that one. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like they might, I want, and I always wondered, do they look at it as like, which one would make us the most money? And like between code Veronica one zero and five, like I think it's a tough call to determine what makes the most money. I think at this point, any of them would make them the same amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. Once you hit four, it's a bit of diminishing returns because two, three and four, two and four, especially like I think three, I think three kind of felt like, well, if we're doing two, we have to do three just because they're so connected. But like two and right. four are the two that you look at. I mean, we have to remake these because we'll make bank. We'll, we'll make lots of money. Uh, but, you know, I think if I look at those four options, zero, one, Veronica and five, I think Veronica could be the one that would require the most amount of work and the most amount of marketing to sell. But they could they could do a lot with it. I think because uh, a lot of people, my understanding is a lot of people didn't play that one. It's kind of like, you know, the fourth Resident Evil game in that sort of like original style before four. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I didn't play it. I barely knew it existed. I mean, I knew it was out on the Dreamcast, but I, and I had a friend, I had a cousin who had the Dreamcast, but he didn't have this game. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's nice that they are saying more on the way. So look forward to that. Maybe announced in 2024. Uh, who knows? Uh, the Game Awards are happening right now as we record this. I have not seen. I'm I'm barely paying attention to it. I'll I'll check out the trailers after. But as far as I know, no zombie stuff yet. Maybe nothing. Nothing. I mean, we'll talk about it next episode for sure. Once we've caught up. Uh. Oh, great. Uh, (laughs) So this next story um, is a video game still. We're still in video game territory. (laughs) Uh, Lou, the day before has launched on Steam. And I want to preface this conversation with the fact that we are not going to join in the pylon session. We're just going to chat about the fact that it's launched. You shouldn't buy it. Uh, (laughs) Click your Steam reviews and take a look. Uh, again, we haven't played it, so I won't make any judgment calls, but when I see the words overwhelmingly negative, that does not tell me spend money. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, um, like, and you know, a lot of the news coming before launch today, today, again, it launched, uh, in early access, um, they said like, look, we want to develop this game alongside you. We are listening to the players. We want to, we're going to work on this. It's a labor of love. And I don't think any game is um, impossible to make great. Uh, And I think with this one, they probably have an uphill battle to make this live up to people's expectations. Like people's expectations are very high. But from what I've read, the launch has not been great. This is very much an early access, early access game. Um, Yeah. I had a I had a conversation with a friend. I recommended him a game, and it was early access. It's uh, Death Must Die. It's a new vampire survivors game mixed with Hades. Very good. But once he saw early access, he's like, "Oh, like what does that mean? Like, is it done? Is it is it not even close to being done?" And I think there are like it's like a sliding scale with early access. Like, and this day before sounds like it's like right at the beginning. Like we have a build that people can play. So we're going to sell it in early access and develop it 
from scratch, not from scratch, but from, from, you know, pre beta right through to launch. And then you have what stuff like death must die, which really feels feature complete character. It's got the five characters that are marketed. I haven't beat it yet, so I don't know, but I'm pretty sure you can, you can beat the game and they are, they are working to just sort of wrap up development in, in this early access phase. And then you have the middle ground stuff where they are like, they, they have their idea, they have their general scope of the game. The gameplay is there, it's solid, and they're just slowly adding content to it. Um, similar to what they did with uh, with Baldur's Gate 3, although Baldur's Gate 3 did not have more than Act 1. So like early access is like, it it means a lot, and you kind of have to look into it. And in this case, this is a game that most folks aren't going to want to jump in day one. This is early, early no. access. No, I've I've been burned too many times by early access, so I just wait now. Yeah, that's fine too. I mean, I've I I've kind of come around to that side of thinking with with Kickstarters for games. There are a lot of cool games that come out as Kickstarters. The ones I have backed, I haven't been burned. The ones I've been I've backed come out and they're great, but it's a long wait, you know. Um, and I understand some of these projects need support during that Kickstarter early access phase to exist through to yep. launch. Um, but I think with the day before, you know, it might be worth waiting another six months to a year and see where we're at with this. Uh, yeah. And I think no matter what, these developers were, were going to struggle at launch because they had a rough sort of pre-launch. Like this whole year for them was like, they had the trademark this, dispute this, and this this whole year for them made me go just scrap it now. <laughs> yeah. Start I mean, over. Yeah. yeah. Uh this the screenshots look really like the screenshots look like they've got like a good engine that they've been able to screenshot, but like I, I think uh this one was always like a little, I have to wait for launch to see what this looks like, like even early access launch, because I think the trailers are very situated in a way yeah a little bit misleading i have not played the game so i don't know but judging by the reviews it's not going so well so hold off on that one uh but uh one last news story here and this was sent in from the discord by grindhouse zombie thank you so much for linking this uh because i had no idea it existed this is uh as we know it yeah it's a brand new zombie film came out this year so it's already out you can rent it or you can buy it um I mean, I don't know about you, Lou, but not a lot of recognizable faces except for the newscaster guy. Yep, it is Chris Parnell, who is a, a voice on lots of animated stuff. And when you hear his voice, you go, oh, I know exactly who he is. Yes. And it also has Pam Greer. Those were the oh, those were the only two people in this trailer I recognized. But no, uh, this looks interesting. Uh, pan, uh, zombie outbreak in, uh, it looks like L.A., with a writer that's been cooped up in his house and he's trying to decide whether or not he wants to leave. And he goes, eh, I might want to just stay and write my book. I can sympathize. Yeah. He had a, so he had a breakup and he's a little, you know, he's moping a bit and his friend comes over and his friend's like, have you not looked at the news? And it's one of those like Shaun of the dead things. Oh, zombies. Um, it looks really cool. I'd like to check it out. Uh, like from what I was able to tell, it's it's only available to rent. I was only able to find that information for the U.S. I have no idea if I can get it up here. Um, but yeah, like it looks like a lot of fun. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, oh, I, so it, 
Oh, wait. Yeah, so the United States, it's on Voodoo. So yeah. you can go get it on Voodoo. But, I yeah, have it looks lots fun. of stuff on Voodoo. Yeah, it looks fun. Oh, the, the trailer is really cool. It, it, the trailer is, is really neat, and it's worth watching. I mean, it does look to be like... um. No, not like a triple A movie. It it's definitely like got it's that. It's definitely an indie. It's an indie zombie movie, and it looks new. It looks it looks different. I mean, it can't be any worse than what was the one that we watched with uh, uh, the the girlfriend turned into a zombie, and he didn't want to. And he kept trying to treat her like she was alive. What was that? What was it Life After Bath? Oh yeah, that one. Yeah. And the sad part about that movie is, is I like everybody in that movie. I just didn't like that movie. Was it uh, Life After Beth? Wasn't that like the 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 lady from uh, Parks and Rec? Yes. Am I thinking of somebody else? Nope. Okay. Cool. Well, not to go down the rabbit hole of Ryan doesn't know names of people, famous people. Uh, yeah. Well, check out uh, as we know it the trailer. It's out now. You can go check that out and and determine if you want to watch it. But um, we watched uh we watched a TV series pretty recently and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that wrap up right now what's going on i got it doesn't look like it madison please i hate troy as much as you do use me for this you can end up dead like the rest of them i can help you one way right now by finishing what i started 10 years ago at the dam Fear the Walking Dead, eight seasons complete. Uh, the series is over, and many thought it wouldn't last beyond two or three. I, I think even when the news broke, they were doing a spinoff. You and you and me and and Bob were uh, among those crowd. Like I don't know how does this last more than a couple seasons? And uh, it made it eight. I'm impressed. Think about this: it made it eight, and only three. People from the original episode, first episodes made it to the to the eight seasons. And uh, and in it, technically speaking, uh, like two of them were, haven't even been around until like it technically it was like two until recently. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's you're right. Like it's a series. And this was what I was what I was kind of thinking about this series is like it is a series that wasn't sort of tied to like the comic adaptation part of the walking dead. So it always felt like AMC was willing to take risks with the show, change showrunners, change whole creative sort of approaches to it. Um, We saw a big shift with season. I think it was season four, right? Like after uh, the ranch and the dam and stuff, they kind of did a soft reboot it brought Morgan in to replace Madison. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of people either hated that or they liked that they or they loved it. I, I personally went leaned on the side of I loved it. I felt like that was what this show needed was it needed somebody I like to care about. Um, but, you know, it, it, it certainly come its own. 
I mean, John Dory sold me for 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 what three seasons before he died. Oh yeah, oh that was so sad when he died. I I I I almost made us stop watching when he died. I almost was like, nope, I'm done with this show. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. I mean, like, and this is another thing, like the show because it wasn't tied to a comic book narrative these characters were sort of at the whim of actors schedules actors willingness to play the roles um the writers like the story they wanted to tell like a character could could be killed off and 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 it might make sense narratively it might not uh we saw you know characters unceremoniously killed like uh, nick one of the main characters, son of Madison, just kind of like shot, uh, you know, and and killed. Uh, like the father, uh, I haven't seen the new Avatar films, but like the idea there was like Cliff Curtis was like, I'm going to be in 16 Avatar sequels. So I need to be I need off this show right now. I need off this show. And so they killed him in one episode. He just takes a stray bullet and then jumps out of a helicopter. <laughs> like. Uh, there's a lot of that going on in this show, but to give the writers, uh, uh, I won't say credit, but a nod is that not all the characters seemingly die on screen. And we saw that with these last six episodes were not one, not two, but three characters came back to life, quote unquote, back to life, uh, cause they were heavily implied they had died. Yeah. And then that's not even including Madison who came back to life uh, last season uh, near the end. Right. I mean, let's jump into it. Troy's the big bad. How do you feel about Troy coming back for the last six episodes? I feel like it's a full circle arc. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, say what you want. They, maybe they took a little bit more leeway bringing him back. But if they were going to bring back any other villain from any other season where we didn't have a definitive, they're dead, he made the most sense. And, you know, his arc never felt fully finished to the begin with, you know? Yeah. He was looking at Madison as a, as a, as a mother figure that was going to, like, help him or save him. And, you know, and in the end, he went the wrong way and she had to put him down. And now with now we're dealing with the aftermath of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, I think you're you're right. Like, if you look at other villains, if you can even remember them, because uh, I sure as hell can't. I know there was um, there was some bikers sort of introduced at the end of that season three, and yep. they like there was the bikers. Uh, there was um, uh, 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 I would say down in Mexico, but I think they killed off everybody when they were down in Mexico. Yeah. Um. There were some people from the first season, maybe some military guys, but that wouldn't make sense to bring one of them back. No. Um, yeah, there was the guy with the bikers. There was a guy. He was he was an actor who came back specifically for this show. He had kind of given up acting. He only does bit parts. He'd come back to be the leader of the bikers. And you thought it was going to be this big story arc with him. And then they kind of like killed him off in like three episodes. Yeah, I think he gets washed away with the dam. And yeah. or maybe killed on the dam. I can't remember. I don't was... think we see him die. I think we see the dam blow up and he washes away or something. Right. And all I mean, so, again, we can put all this stuff together. But, you know, in the end, he was a villain that makes the most sense to come back. If they're going to bring it back the way they did and they're going to send these characters off into the sunset, kind of. Um, 
he again made the most sense to come back and i think he was the right choice yeah and the actor that plays troy did a fantastic job bringing him back and selling the idea that he was and why he was after madison and and it works because he's a character that when he he was portrayed in season three he was obsessed with the clark family yeah like like it was like i remember us having the conversation when that happened boy this kid is creepy i don't know if i like him or if or or if he's gonna be our next bad guy yeah yeah and he kind of comes into his own He, he kind of he comes back and he's like a Negan figure, like a sort of an authoritarian because he's got like a yeah. group of people that follow him. And uh, early on in the series, in this this arc of six episodes, you feel like, oh, man, they're just they're turning Troy into like another Negan or another, you know, leader of an evil group. And and then they apply some layers to it with uh, the reveal that he has a daughter and that he well he killed alicia uh, well it's set up that he killed alicia for like five of the six episodes um but he's kind of like obsessed with with the clark family and alicia and he he blames alicia and madison for the death of his wife serena and there's a whole bunch of layers to that too just with tracy his daughter and uh, alicia and serena and it turns out that Troy had been hurt badly. It wasn't the dam. The dam, he sort of pulled himself out of there and, and got stitched up on his own. But there was another incident where he was he was hurt, and Alicia saved him. Uh, and he was surprised by that. And I guess, and then and then something happened. Like his wife sort of like started to want to be Alicia, follow her. Like no one's gone until they're gone, type thing. And and then I guess uh, Serena, his wife, got got mugged and and shot and killed or or badly wounded and uh and then Troy was like okay I need to stop Alicia and Madison from stopping more people from you know basically setting up their own deaths by by helping everyone even though they might not be good people and they might try to rob them and stuff so like there was a lot of layers there to Troy um and his story like I was I I you know coming back into this yeah, it's a full arc. I assumed coming back into this, he was just going to be, I want to kill Madison because I hate the Clarks and I want revenge. And I, and honestly, I thought that was the case. It was more than that. It was way more than that. They they kind of like added a lot more to it. And, and you know, it helps that there's been like basically ten a 10 year gap, maybe more between the last time we saw him and, and now. So you can kind of you can play with that a bit and, and add more to the character like, you know, right finding love, having a kid like that changes anyone. He has his own history now. Yeah. Yeah. Losing a loved one definitely changes people. So I'm glad they added a little more nuance to it. Although I I was surprised they killed him (laughs) like at the end. I I mean, it really seemed like they were going for the whole like second chances thing, you know? No, it was a bit odd, you know, to be like, no, Madison's Madison's just gonna kill him. Just stab him in the gut. Um. Yeah. I. I. I think they wanted to finish the arc. Yeah. You know what I mean. Too often does this does the Walking Dead in general let somebody that's a bad guy that we thought we should take take out come back and 
you know, it worked with Negan, but how many others have they done the same thing with? And then it bites you in the butt or whatever. I, I, I think this was they needed to they needed to, to wrap it up and they did it just right. Yeah. 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 I think uh, I think and you're right. Like if you bring back Troy as a bad guy and redeem him, give him a second chance. Like and, and there was still some question as to like even by the end, like was he was he kind of turning a new leaf? Because it really seemed like he wasn't, <laughs> especially yeah. near the end when the boat of walkers shows up and it's like, OK, you know, yeah. m- maybe we made the right call here. But um, another not to skip to the end, another character uh, lived, showed up for one episode was Charlie. Uh, yeah. Last we saw her, she was dying of radiation poisoning and she survived yeah. only only to die um, in the in the second episode here. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize that she, so the, t- it's been a while, but the timelines, like I forgot she killed Nick after Madison died. And that explained a hundred percent why trying to keep Charlie secret basically when Madison was around. So I thought that was a nice touch. Like this whole arc is about, as you said, reunions and then wrap ups, like basically like. Let's get everyone back together and wrap it up. Will we see some of these characters again in another show down the road? Maybe. But this was their last chance to plug any plot holes or plot points that were still there. They could, they had to wrap everything up in a nice little bow. And I think they, they accomplished that. They killed off as little characters as they possibly could. Nobody really of any major significance really dies. Yeah. I mean, I would say Charlie dying, like, is... Well, well, Charlie dies, but we didn't even see Charlie, like, the whole first half of the season. And the last season she was in, when with the nuclear explosion and she was exposed to radiation, we only saw her in, like, three episodes. And she was dying. And she so. was dying. So, yeah, I, get I that. mean, So, I mean, as a character, you'd already written her off that she wouldn't even show up this season. So the fact that she got what she got is surprising so her dying isn't really like a huge surprise i just thought it already happened off camera yeah yeah now how did you feel about the episode um again this show does some weird stuff like some game of thrones levels of fast travel but how did you feel about the return to sanctuary with dwight and sherry it was okay um felt a little fast yeah like they're but, there and then he he's there and then they're there and then they have an adventure. And then they go back and it's like it, it almost yeah. felt like they were doing this to bring like, look, Dwight and Sherry. I, I always knew they were going to ride off into the sunset together. And where were they going to yeah. go? They were going to go back home to the place they knew. And I, I always assumed they'd go back to Sanctuary or go not even Sanctuary, but go back to the Alexandria area. Right. Uh, but like it felt like this episode was very much of like, OK, we need to get Dwight and Sherry back to where they need to be to to save Padre, the island, and then and then go back to Alexandria. Like they had unfinished yeah. business, but uh, of any of anything, I think that was probably one of the weakest episodes of the season. Yeah, just because of the fast travel stuff. You felt it, too, with the Morgan episodes in the first part of the season where we're yeah. like it just it feels like, um you know. Like the world's so big when they want it to be big for the story, but then it's like incredibly small when they, you know. And it's one of the few things I will say I, I'll give the Daryl Dixon show credit for 
is they make it seem like he was out to sea for a while. And when they're traveling across France, they make it seem like, you know, they were traveling for days or weeks on the road, not necessarily like we're in Paris and now we're over here. Like, like everything felt like it took time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree with you there. Um, That series did really well with sort of like timelines and scale of travel and and all that stuff. Like even, even dead city did a good job with, with, with travel. Yeah. Less traffic in dead city than there is in, you know, Manhattan these days. But uh, yeah, like the show, it felt like they, they had six episodes. They needed to get a cast of 20 characters where they needed them to, to, to go to wrap up. Like, I think the end of this series feels very similar to the end of the walking dead prime where some people die. A lot of characters live. Everyone's going their separate ways. Uh, some going back to Alexandra, Dwight and Sherry, others just going in directions unknown. Um, and you know, a cynical person, might look at this ending and be like, okay, you've got, um, you've got an Alexandria lead in with sanctuary. You've got, um, LA cause Alicia and Madison and Tracy are going to go back to LA. Um, mysteriously, uh, Victor strand points it, allows his kid to point at a map and go someplace. I don't know where he is pointing, whether that had significance. Uh, so yeah, lots of, uh, Lots of different options, you know, to to sort of branch out. My thought is we're not necessarily going to get a a, a full on new show. Um, I I think chances are most of these characters we're not going to see again. But if they ever decide to bring back Tales from the Walking Dead again, which I don't know if that I haven't heard anything on whether that show is canceled or renewed. But if they ever decided to do another season of that, Bringing back one or two of these characters for an episode of that would be ideal on AMC's part. Yeah, I agree. I I think Tails is a great it's a great setup to check in on some of these characters. However, I get the sense that a lot of these actors are done, are done, like they're done with their characters. I mean, especially Madison I'm 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 honestly very very surprised at all that she came back. You mean Madison? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The actress. I'm very surprised because you know she was off the show for what five seasons? Yeah, three seasons. Yes, it, it it's been a while. Like I mean, and and her death was kind of unceremonious in the sense that it was like, well, we need to kill a major character. I know we'll kill the main the main actress. You know, the main character. But they were clever enough to not do it on camera. Exactly. You know, and and they didn't do the Rick thing where they clearly showed Rick being picked up by a helicopter. They they made it very vague and it could have been she's dead, she's not dead. For five seasons, what did we do? We couldn't are they gonna bring medicine back? Is medicine gonna show up? <laughs> like for we did that for five seasons. I know. I remember. We were part of that. And, you know, it's um it was the same thing when Alicia died. Like, you know, they said we intentionally left it open ended so that she could come back. But like it was a it was the actor that, you know, said she was ready for a break, do other projects. She was like filming in Atlanta, but it was from Australia, I think. Yeah, uh, she 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 is Australian, I believe. 
And she had two other projects that required her to be back in Australia, I believe. And the pandemic was going on at the time. And she just said, no, kill me off, basically. Yeah. And they they wrote her off. And I think that, like, this is a good time to bring this up. Like, how did you feel about the, is she dead? Is she not dead? Will they, won't they, of Alicia being dead by Troy's hands, not dead? If I hadn't been spoiled that she was going to show up in this episode. Right. Like, I had read a news article that said that she had been seen on set kind of thing. And I was like, a part of me was going, are they going to say she's alive? Or is it going to be she's just there to be in a fever dream as Madison dies at the end of the episode, at the end of the episode? What are they going to do? And, you know, they gave us a nice off in the sunset. She's alive. I'll take it. Yeah. No, I I, I think to bring her back for less it's, than it, 10 minutes it, is it's the right way to do it. It, it, it. Honestly, it it. I think anybody that's been with the show long enough, that's what you wanted. The way they sent her off, you were like, oh, she's dead. But you'd, again, we don't see them die on camera. It's one of the things I've learned, except now with The Walking Dead and their writers now. Yeah, any death does, that does not show a bullet to the brain or a, a person getting crushed to death does not mean that they are dead. Yeah. Yeah. You got to see them get torn apart by zombies. And even then it's like, well, you never know. <laughs> you know, I I yeah. think that. So like the whole the whole thing with Troy and Tracy and you know, Troy making Madison believe that Tracy was Alicia's daughter and then she wasn't. And then, you know, there, there was a lot going on in the last two episodes. It, there. It feels like that was there just to make you ju- justify in the fact that Madison killed him. Yeah. Madison killed him. And then she saved Madison because like Madison and yeah. then and she shot Madison. Like there was a lot going on in that last episode where like I thought they were going to kill Madison off by by Tracy shooting her. And then like she has the. The the classic, like, I put something in my coat 15 minutes ago and it stopped the bullet. <laughs> it's yeah. a bit tropey, but, you know, um, it got the characters where they needed to be at the end of the series, which was everybody lives and they drive off into the sunset. Um, and, I, like, I think Alicia coming back makes sense because as, the way she explained it, like, look, like, you know, Alicia kind of kickstarted a a following like she became the Jesus of fear the walking dead as every, everybody started to sort of emulate her and do good things. And then, um, Alicia said she changed her name because Troy was after her. So she just stopped using Alicia and then Madison. So this was the thing I was going to ask you at the end of the season, Madison gets buried in the rubble. Tracy saves her, says it took her a half a day to, to get her out of the rubble. All that worked for me. It made sense. She did a very heroic thing, you know, swung her hammer at, at some gas tanks, blew them up and hid in the in the bunker. And, and but she put her uh, oxygen mask on before doing it. So she was technically on oxygen. She didn't suffocate. But like how much time passed for the story of Madison to get out there and to change Padre to Madre and then Alicia to hear it and come come running. Like, again, like, there was a lot of, like, hand-wavy, don't worry about it. It all makes sense. Again, The Walking Dead does this a lot in general. Uh, you know, last time we saw Morgan, there was a baby. And then what did we see this season? The baby was a, was a full-on, like, eight-year-old kid 
that was he was having to unbrainwash. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's this see it's one of the only things about this show itself that's been that's always bothered me is this show more than even regular Walking Dead is very hand wavy about timelines and people and travel and so I didn't really think too hard about it. I took yeah. it for what it is. Show writers are wrapping up this show f- so that they don't have to write it anymore. I didn't need and I didn't want another episode to fill in the gap, but it felt like it felt like it was a bit rushed. Like it, it was hard to determine. Like time passed. Um but it felt a little disjointed. And that's fine, because again, like I, I liked the way they ended it. It made sense to end it this way, and I, give it a happy ending. You know, I want a happy ending for this for the series, right? Right. So it, it works, and um, I'm glad Alicia came back because honestly, it's the one thing that was missing from the show. Like she kind of like faded into the background, and I think the idea was always to bring her back for like the last ten minutes of the series, right? Like that must have that must have been their plan. You know, yeah, like we'll we'll write you off, but we'd love to have you back for the last episode of the last season. You know, yeah, and and since they wrote her off, you know, the the travel from to and from Australia has resumed. So, I mean, again, it's easier now. Yeah. Yep. Um. Well, uh, I've got some clips here, but before we get to those, any any final thoughts on the wrap up of fear the walking dead. Did you like the ending? Do you like where our characters are at? Like what are your, I I was, I was content with the ending. I'm not upset about the ending. I not chomping at the bit being like, I can't wait to rewatch this series. That's never going to happen. No. Yeah. Um, um, mm. But, but I'm happy with the way it, 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 I'm happy with the story they told me. Um, I still think we're going to get some Morgan in the, in the Rick show. Yes. I don't care what they. I don't. I don't care what they call it. They call it the one who's the ones who live. Is that the title they're going with now? That's the title. Yep, the ones who live. I don't care. It's the Rick show. <laughs> the Rick and Michonne show. Uh, yeah, Morgan um did not come back up in these last six episodes. This was very much a core Fear the Walking Dead cast wrap up. I think that was perfect. Yeah, I think Morgan in this story would have complicated it. It would have made. Yeah, it certainly would have made it more complicated. I think that Morgan's story was wrapped and he was able to sort of exit stage left and and head back to Alexandria. And and I think that's where you'll have that connection between Morgan and Dwight. And then if they ever do sort of revisit Alexandria, they can kind of have Morgan bridge that gap between I mean, the last time Dwight was there, he was working with the Saviors. So I think there's a lot of room to explore there. A lot of stuff they could explore, like to do like an Alexandria shorter, shorter season. I don't know. Honestly, I I really think what works well for this series going forward is to wrap up loose ends, which is what they're doing with Rick and Michonne, um, but also exploring new areas. And don't feel like you need to bring an original character along it worked in daryl dixon but i think that was a fluke i don't think it was because i don't think amc should look at this like well yeah now we have to like take a character and you know move them over to to australia you know like or no i i I, even if they want to bring back a character or they want to do something with an existing character 
I say don't even make them a main character. Give me a show where for like five episodes, I'm meeting a whole new cast of characters. They're on a whole new adventure. I'm beginning to like new people, new things, new ideas. And then, you know, they get stuck in a house and they bump into somebody I'm familiar with and I already like. So I'm already not questioning whether or not they're going to be a bad guy. They're totally not going to be a bad guy because they were in a show and they were a good guy in the other show and I like them. You know what I mean? And then, boom, you've already got a new cast member halfway through the season that you did that we as a viewer don't need a backstory for. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I think that would be the right approach, especially if they do feel like they want to bring and look there. There are a lot of original characters now that aren't in active seasons. So you can kind of move them around in the background and have them show up elsewhere. Like they've already proven that the world of the walking dead is a very small one. And that makes sense. Cause like we're far along into the apocalypse there are you know large enough communities a radio network like where you are you you go to the people so if you're going to the people you're going to run into people so um yeah it's not hard to find somebody if you know where to look although i guess the rick and michonne show might prove me wrong there but they do find each other because that's that's the show um but yeah, let, let's listen to some clips here. And I'm going to be honest, like most of these are Strand because Strand is uh, one of my favorite characters uh, in the series. And we try to we try to clip more funny stuff. So uh, this one, oh, this one is is when Madison found out that uh, that uh, Charlie had killed Nick and uh, she's kind of killing a bunch of zombies. What? You missed one. Oh, you also get the uh, the solid sound effects that they have in in all of these episodes. Uh, Here's another classic Strand line when he's talking to I loved all the scenes with Strand and Tracy. I thought they were really well done, you know, Strand and and the kid. But uh, I love the way early on Tracy's like calling Strand on all his bullshit. (laughs) Basically, like, you're lying through your teeth. What are you doing? Yep. Come on, big mouth. (laughs) So now we have that forever. Come on, big mouth. So there you go. Uh, And, uh, oh, this is is also Strand. Oh, we're not going to move today. So we can play that one whenever we want, if we're ever having a rough go. Like if Lou, uh, if we make Lou play the day before. Oh, we're not going to move today. So there you go. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and you know, I think because there were layers between with Troy and his character returning, it made f- for it allowed for some more interesting interactions, including when some of our main characters were directly working with Troy. And uh, I capped this little bit here, which I thought was funny. Gonna have a hard time walking with that thing. Hold still. This might hurt. It's so the trap that hit Troy's truck, which was like a, like a comical sort of like giant log on a swing type thing. Was that, who was that? Was that like ex Padre people? Cause they pop up too. We didn't talk about that, but that was like a little throwaway. Like I got the vibe that it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't really clear. So it was, um, it was strikes brother who was playing 
as Padre behind the glass. And I guess they did need to wrap him up. It, they kind of replaced him as the big bad. Like, they left him alive. And I guess they had to be like, well, he's still upset. So he's the he's he's a secondary bad guy. But he was kind of comical. He didn't, like, really... He was very upstaged by Troy to the point where I think Troy and Madison kind of accidentally team up and kill him. Yeah. Pretty unceremoniously, I thought, you know? But, it, it, yeah. it, again... They had to plug all the holes. Yes, agreed. Like you had to wipe the bad guys off the board, essentially. Yeah. So, um, and then I have this one, and again, like Strand is one of my favorite characters, but uh, you know, Ruben Blades, who who plays um, uh, man, now I forget his name. Daniel. What's the character? Daniel. Thank you. So Daniel in the show is like another one of my favorite characters and someone who's been around since the first season. Uh, but he has sort of like a heart to heart farewell with strand. Cause they've never really seen eye to eye, but no, I like this bit. Maybe you do remind me of the worst things about myself. I don't know if people like us can act differently. And that's why I have a problem with you, Victor. Yeah. But for the sake of others and our own sake, I guess we got to try to change. I think I have. Whether you have, it's up to you. I thought that was a nice sort of send off. Like they don't see eye to eye, but they agree to disagree or agree to agree. Really? Like, you know, I mean, I, I feel like strand really has changed from he, his, his past selves did kind of creep up on him a little bit in these last six episodes, but I think he always proved that he went, that he did go back to like this new and improved strand with, you know, uh, Klaus and uh, Frank, I think is his name. He needed a redemption arc. Yeah. And I think he got it. I mean, he got yeah. most of it off screen, but like it was sold well in my mind. Um, I did not, you know what? One fun clip I did not get that I should have got was the return of Skidmark. I thought that was also a really great reunion. Yep. So Though, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> that cat had to be really old at this point. Yeah. Cause wouldn't it, well, it'd be eight, another eight years, but like the cat was quite young when, well, it was a, you know, it, it was, but you're thinking of, you're talking about an animal that we saw in what was probably three seasons ago, maybe four. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Three, uh, four at least and not only was it four seasons ago but in the timeline there's been a nuclear blast that blew up there was a time jump and then there was another time jump and then there was the time jump that was it indicates that the baby was now uh uh now in like an eight-year-old so that cat had to be like 15 16 years old which it it, it cats can live to be 20 but you're talking about the apocalypse man where there's zombies and there's nuclear explosions and the and radiation and that cat's somehow still alive. I'll take it. Yeah. But that's the th I think that's the thing that stretched the most for me where I was like, really? The cat? You know what? In terms of fan service, I was totally fine with it. You know, bring back Skidmark, make Daniel happy. Um, you know, I I thought that uh they had a lot of they had a lot of fun wrapping this series up and i think they were probably over the moon that they were able to bring back um 
Madison for a whole season and even Alicia just for the final episode. And, you know, I, I think that it is really great that these characters get to live on in the universe. Like they're not, they didn't have to die. I really, I really thought like, man, you're killing Madison off. Like, and Alicia might be alive and you're killing her off. Like, that's like so frustrating. And it was so frustrating that I was willing to forgive the trope of like, ah, the, the thing she just put in her shirt, stop the bullet, you know? (laughs) But I, I'm glad it's done. Cause again, like eight seasons is a lot for any show really. Like Mm -hmm. it's really hard to, to have a show be good that long. Um, I was kind of thinking about it like, Hey man, this, this show has been around for, for almost 10 years. And I think, well, our podcast has been around for over 10 years, but like, we're not a scripted show. We're not characters that have to go through new stuff every season. We're just two dudes talking about zombies, but like a TV show, like there's a lot of work that goes into just making a consistent and relevant and fun show, you know, year to year. So yeah, and, and in all honesty, it went for eight seasons, eight seasons, but we only have a total of a hundred episodes. Yeah, I so think that's fine. It, it's like a hundred, it's a hundred and thirteen episodes. So we got on average probably about twelve episodes a season, twelve, yeah. fifteen episodes a season, give yeah, or take. That sounds right. It's, uh, yeah, like I think they 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 followed the Walking Dead formula of like. 20 or so or 22 or however many they used to do and then we they, averaged 16 episodes a season yeah they trimmed back a lot and then for this final season it was a shorter season which i think it served it well outside of a couple of as we said a couple of like time travel spots and some some weird mismatching of of timelines but other than that i thought it was very solid and i uh i'll be honest i watched like five of the six episodes sort of in like two days you know and usually that's um look i know we do the show every two weeks and i know we've had fear sort of lined up for a month and there's no excuse to watch five episodes in two days but yeah it worked usually it would that would frustrate me but honestly i was i was excited to see where this series was going and i almost looked i i almost like looked it up to be like man who is tracy is she alicia's daughter is she not and and i i stopped myself because honestly that would have nope spoiled it you know I, you know um, me i don't normally care about spoilers but i i all the spoil only spoilers i got spoiled to were that people were coming back right that was it i read articles about it oh and there was an article that was uh an interview with the the show showrunners about how but you didn't kill any major characters off like madison doesn't die victor strand doesn't die like like what's up with that and they were like we killed off enough people over the course of this show. We figured it was better to not kill people off and just kind of let them all have their have their day in the sun. And I was like, yeah, I can live with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it it's interesting. Like it kind of just felt like they 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 wanted to they wanted to end the series in a way that was like, OK, how can we wrap this all up? And I think they did. I think they did a good job, you know, just to kind of put a bow on it and like like they did. I think. I think um, I think AMC is it has has moved, you know, the original characters from the comics back to where they may or may not have been narratively with the comics. So they got Dwight and Sherry back to Alexandria. They got Morgan heading back to Rick, which is, uh, you know, just by extension, going back to Alexandria. And then you have the original characters from Fear just kind of like 
doing what those characters would do after, you know, resolving a bunch of shit. So it works. It works really well. So Fear the Walking Dead, I would say we hardly knew ye, but uh, we, we knew you quite well because honestly, you you, you kind of grew up alongside us. You were the you were the show that started in our early days and um, hell, we used to discuss it weekly. <laughs> it's hard to even mm-hmm. think about that, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't know if we could ever go back to talking about these shows weekly. Oh my God. No, it's just, it's, we, uh, you get in to a all point honesty, where... In all honesty, you know, I, I give The Walking Dead crap and, you know, we've talked about it for a decade now at this point with the show and I still watch it every week and I, and whatnot, but I think that those few years where we were talking about it episode by episode and we had to analyze and break down every episode by episode, I think that's what maybe killed the show for me. Maybe. Yeah, look, I think there are, look, there are shows, podcasts out there, I'm sure, that discuss uh, Walking Dead Weekly, and that's fine. Like, I think, but that's, and it's very tough to do. It's very tough to make it entertaining, because, like, we skip over a lot just by discussing half seasons, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, in total. And, but we also spend a little more time, like, talking about what we loved about it. And I think that's the critical part with anything you do is like, if you're going to devote your time to something, you got to like it, you know? And, um, and not, not just in terms of recording a podcast, but in terms of like watching a show, because what do you do when you watch a show that you don't like, you stop watching it. So, you know, we didn't do that with beyond. We probably should have. And I think, you know, I think beyond might've been the one that pushed us to cover whole seasons instead of like maybe two or three episodes. Like we used to break it down two to three episodes, but, but uh, with these six episode arcs, it's kind of like by the time we schedule it, but by the time we get through some movies we want to watch or some video games we want to play, all six episodes are out. So six weeks go by pretty quick. And Mm -hmm. yeah, speaking of time going by very quick, it's almost 2024. But before we wrap up 2023, we're going to talk about Year in review, zombies, video games, zombie TV shows, zombie movies. What was a hit? What's coming in the future? Yeah. What was a failure? Yeah, we might. Yeah. What? What? Uh, Like, it is a big year, but I mean, I mean, I mean, I think we can talk about uh, I think we can talk about the fact that the new Walking Dead uh, game is considered a failure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about that already. Um, uh, when, when, yeah. when, when IGN who never gives anything lower than a six gives your game a two, you know, you have a problem. Yeah, that's a major issue. Well, you know what? We'll be back in a couple of weeks before 2024 with our 2023 zombie year in review. And then, uh, looking at our zombie year in preview when we return in the new year. So, uh, lots to look forward to in the next month, uh, from Zamp. If you want to join the conversation, join our Discord, our Zamp Discord, bit.ly slash Zamp Discord. Uh, I want to thank our patrons, patreon.com slash zombies ain't my podcast. Thank you so much for the support there. It really helps pay for hosting, uh, website costs, various various other things, content that we, we enjoy. So uh, we really appreciate the support there. And I know we keep promising we're going we're gonna to get to it. We're going to re- rejuvenate the Patreon and make it more 
uh, make it more, you know, just <laughs> it hasn't been touched in years. According to that yeah. thing, we've only been doing this for three years. So uh, we, we really do need to get over there and update it. But we'll keep promising and we will uh, we will we'll try to get to it. Uh, but speaking of our website, visit zombies8mypodcast.com for show notes and all our previous episodes. You can send us an email and we may read it on the show. Info at zombies8mypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and don't forget to follow the show at Zombies Podcast. Finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the podcast artwork. Find more of his great work at joelduggan.com. This has been Zombies Ain't My Podcast, and as always, we close up the show with some fine zombie knowledge from the Busy Zombie Lord himself. Take it away, Lou. Come on, people. Donate to, donate to Extra Life and tell, you, tell Ryan that you want us to watch 28 days later and 28 weeks later. Come on. You know you want to. Yeah. Time is running out. Donations close December 31st, bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan. And uh, we really appreciate the support. Um, you can make us watch whatever you want. 28 days later. Uh, we just have to be able to rent it. And it's got to be zombie related. I shouldn't. I should have stated that. It's, it should be zombie. Should be zombie related. Oh, I say like you make us watch anything. And I had to I had to <laughs> I had to shut that down. Uh, but yes, thank you so much for listening. Have a great couple weeks and we'll see you for our year in review on the next amp. Oh.